0: information presented on For the People is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice no attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue.
1: Created for creating solutions. However, we the people lack the understanding. Legal terms and conditions sound written on another planet. Our rights we take for granted often signing away our chances because we don't really know the circumstances. I swear I can't stand it. Then we're so demanding, quick to pick up a picket sign in the streets to exercise our freedom of speech. When this situation could have been avoided from the start if we the people conquered basic knowledge of the law so... This is for the people, law in plain language, breaking it down for us in layman terms, that expression her compassion and will for us to learn, not for a check, but to address how to win in these streets. This show is for you. This show is for me. It's for the people.
2: What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to another episode, edition, show, whatever,
0: <laughs> of For
2: the People Law. In plain language, it's me, Deb Brady, the compassionate lawyer. Joining me in the studio is my For the People fam, as usual, Black, a.k.a. the Broke Poet. What's up, fam? Simply... Soon to be the Dr. Baby producer. Hi, producer. How are you? Professor producer. She's my (laughs) absent-minded professor, and she's been truly absent-minded this week. Let me tell you all about that. I'm just playing. (laughs) Hi, producer. How are you? Good evening. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for tuning in and listening to us and checking us out. Tonight's show is going to be about and for juveniles in the juvenile justice system. I had some materials prepared to make the show more um, interesting we have a special guest who may or may not be appearing and hopefully he does and if not we're prepared for it anyway um baby boy where are you at is the title of tonight's show um, Renee likes to write stuff on the cards, and it takes me a minute to get to, get get with it and figure out what she's trying to say. Reading is fundamental. Yeah, that, and and that title was hot too. And I your mama's it fundamental you. too. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> See,
3: and so you just hurt my feelings. I'm gonna say Deep a lift. shout
2: out to Mama Black. Hi, Mama Black. I'm gonna well, keep tonight's well, show clean. I got my own zest in my own mouth. Can you hear it? <laughs> shout out to Sharon Q. What's up, Miss Q? Shout out to another person who returned to our flock just recently. Yvette Camimora, Yvette, you listening? What's up, girl? We miss you. Bring you back here once you get yourself together. Hey, Yvette. La- um, last week's show, if you missed it, was called Sl- Landlord, Landlord, Why For Art Thou a Slumlord? Catchy title, right? I came up with that on my own. We talked a little bit about the tenant rights and responsibilities under the Landlord-Tenant Act. We didn't get anywhere near as deep and in-depth as I wanted to go. And for all you tenants out there who need some information as it relates to your rights... Go to my website, com, Click on the link for Talk Radio and click on the show for Landlord, Landlord, Wife, or Art Thou a Slumlord. In the studio, we had a special guest, Leila and her beautiful little girl. And Leila told us a little bit about the horror stories that she um, experienced living in <clears throat> Philadelphia Housing Authority. <laughs> I had to say that real fast. Leila, <laughs> if you're listening and baby girl, if you're listening, thank you for joining us. And our baby girl came out there and told us that break, the deucer said break is over. She was really, <laughs> really adorable. Tonight, we're going to be discussing the rights and responsibility and resources available to our juveniles. As those of you who are listening should know, right now, the way our system, our criminal justice system is designed, we have a separate criminal juvenile justice system for uh, Strike that altogether. Yeah, I, I
1: agree. I agree. We have a separate
2: <laughs> system for our juveniles as opposed to adults. But I'm sure a lot of you are aware, in most states, if you commit certain crimes and you're a certain age, you can be um, charged directly as an adult in Pennsylvania. That's called a direct file. Um, we were expecting another guest, and hopefully if you're listening, Mr. Um, Reuben Jones, yeah, I put you on blast, dude. Where you at? <laughs> anyway, Mr. Jones is the executive director of a wonderful program called Frontline Dads. It is a leadership development and mentoring program. And their goal essentially is to provide resources and support to juveniles before, during, and hopefully after they find themselves entangled in the criminal juvenile justice center system. Excuse me. What the um, Frontline Dads offers is leadership development and mentoring activities, outdoor adventure. What does that mean? Hiking, kayaking, and rappelling. Okay, so I would love to see a bunch of North Philly kids out there hiking, kayaking, <laughs> rappelling. Yeah, no what they rappelling off of the top of the, the blockbuster building? That would be interesting. <laughs> Group therapy, team building, leadership core competencies. All right, when he get here, I'm going to ask him to break that down in English because so that doesn't really make much sense to me. Critical thinking, conflict resolution, self-esteem building, cultural awareness, and college prep. Anyone that wants to, has any information or want to know more information about frontline dads, Reach out to Mr. Ruben Jones, the executive director. You can call him at 267-304-9716. You can fax him at 215-634-8978. Or you can email him, Dads, all one word, F-R-O-N-T-L-I-N-E, Dads, D-A-D-S, at AOL.com. I want to also say a shout-out to Ariel in... Where's she at? Texas? Florida? Where's Ariel? Ariel Johnson. Dallas. Who is the um, director Ooh. of the Christian Artist um, Promotional Blog or Independent Blog. Ariel, how you doing? Anybody from Capus listening? What's up? Pilya. <laughs> so last week's show was really, really interesting and informative. So I would suggest to all of you tenants out there, check it out. Once again, you can check out that show and any of our past shows at com. first name is spelled d e b r a rainy r a i n e y law.com all one word or where else can they go black
1: they can go to for the people law and plain language that website or you can hit us up on facebook at for the people law and plain language at twitter or, and if you ever want to call and get in on a conversation you can hit us up live at 215-609-4301 have you too scared to be on the air you can hit the text line, 215-435-4099, and we'll talk about your comment and you.
2: <laughs> and I expect that those folks out there who have juveniles living with them or in their family that are going to reach out and be involved in tonight's conversation. Before sure. we go there, we did a show several weeks ago with um, state rep Rosita C. Youngblood, and we were talking about that new voter ID law that Pennsylvania passed. It was called Act 18. Well, the gist of the law was it was going to require all folks who wanted to vote in Pennsylvania to have state-issued ID, government-issued ID, passport, military ID, school ID, but those IDs had to have an expiration date on them. The lawyers for the concerned folks, like us, who were like, wait a minute, what are y'all trying to do, disenfranchise us again? They sued in state court. The state court upheld the law, saying it was not a violation of our constitutional rights. It wasn't an attempt to disenfranchise folks, blah, 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 blah. It went up to the highest court in Pennsylvania. That court also said, you know what, we don't see a problem with the law. But they sent it back down to the state court judge to say, listen, have the state convince you that they can realistically enforce this law before the November 6th election without too many issues and without disenfranchising folks. That went back to the state court judge who found it to be constitutional initially. He came down with a decision and the gist of his decision is this. Yeah, the law is constitutional, but at this time, before the November 6th election, we're not so sure the state can ensure that folks' rights to vote is not going to be violated or they're not going to be disenfranchised. So without being able to read the body of his opinion and hearing things on the radio coming down here, it seems to me that the ruling essentially says you can go to the poll. They can either ask you for ID, but they can't enforce it if you don't have it. And the state has agreed to take down all the flyers that say you have to have ID before November 6th. But... That's only for this election. So other elections going forward, you still have to get your ID, so why not get it worked out now? If anybody wants any more information about it, type into your browser Pennsylvania Act 18 or Pennsylvania Voter ID Law, and the judge's decision, what he decided, should pop up in your browser if you care. It's a really interesting issue, and for those who were concerned about it, I would not suggest that you stop endeavoring to get your ID, Just be aware that when you get to the polls for November 6th election, you'll be able to vote the way you normally voted before this whole ID issue came up. Um, It's really important if you hear about any voter ID drives in your area, still attend, still reach out to folks, call folks. If you have questions, you can always email us for the people at DeborahRaneyLaw.com. Renee.
3: So um, they're taking down all the signs, but wouldn't you think that you would need some new signage up that says you don't need ID, you don't need ID, you don't need ID? Well, we
2: we don't have the smartest legislature in the world now. <laughs> and I think that during that voter ID um, cl- um, case that we had, when we had um, Rosita C. Youngblood on the air, she and I talked about our judges not being this, the brightest bulbs in the pack. But I also read to the readers a dissent by one of the judges up there, and she said that she thought her brethren in passing that law were cowards, and they were essentially, in my opinion, helping to disenfranchise those who don't have that ID. So it's going to be interesting to watch that right now as it stands, though, in case anyone cares. And and, and don't quote me on this. I will put more information out there on Facebook and Twitter once I'm I get more clarity on what the judge's ruling was. But essentially... For the November 6th election, there's not going to be a requirement to have that ID, as has been being pushed. I'm not suggesting you stop your endeavors to get it. As a matter of fact, I suggest that if you can get it before that date that you get it, make sure it has an expiration date on the ID. Um, Tonight's show is an important show because what Renee was trying to do, and it was really an interesting idea... We had some juveniles. That well, were wait a minute. Wait a minute. On. No,
3: Renee did it. The other people fell through.
2: She invited some juveniles to come on and, and voice their questions with respect to what issues they had, being those stinky 15-, 16 year sixteen-year-old young men, and what it was that they thought they needed to sort of see their way clear of either the criminal juvenile, the juvenile criminal justice system, or the adult criminal justice system. We had a few juveniles lined up. They got skirted and punked out, or whatever.
3: Well, it was, it was, the show came out of a few parents over the last few weeks saying to me, oh my God, little Johnny is out of control. He's still got one foot in the house on the good side, but my goodness, he is peeking out there at them bad boys, getting into all kind of trouble in the middle of the night and sneaking out. So after hearing this during the course of probably maybe a week, I said, you know what, maybe since we've looked at this from the adult's point of view, from the juvenile justice system, let's bring... The teenagers in. let's see what their issues are, what their struggles are, what they're facing. Well, We know what their issues and their well, struggles we are. We wanted to hear it from their they point think of They think they hear- know everything and they don't know. Well, just like when we were their <laughs> age, we knew everything, but we wanted to hear their voices and, and, and give them that platform. And then I invited, um, I contacted John Day, John Day Harrell. And he referred us to frontline dads because that's what they do as mentoring, and that way they can just have some
2: honesty. I hope y'all mentoring don't include teaching these boys how not to show or call. I'm gonna put y'all on blast. You right because you you made an, a commitment and you ain't keep it. So your mentoring activities on the critical thinking and the leadership <laughs> core, um, whatever competencies. Uh, well,
3: you know, I still have to say that it falls
2: on mama. I, it falls on right. home. It falls on. Let's get busy. Let, let, and all y'all keep in mind, you're listening to Renee, the judge, who <laughs> said if they commit retail theft, lock them under the jail. The, so much, sort of. But put but, that but how in, much
3: <laughs> of it falls on mom? If they're not doing what they need to do, how come you're not dragging them by their hair?
2: Because mom is at work trying to make money. Because daddy's out there somewhere, twenty four seven. Look. If mom ain't got no education and all she can get is three shifts at McDonald's, that's what mom's going to do. Well, when you come
3: home, you get up in that face. And if they're taller than you, you, taller than you, you get a step ladder and then get up in their face. Look, mom got done working
2: three shifts at McDonald's. She getting up in the face of her bed and going to sleep and making sure the baby got food in the refrigerator, clothes on his back, and he ain't in jail. Well, he's on his way to jail. Am I making excuses for mom? Yes. No, I'm just saying what's real. What you sure. think, Black? I mean, in our day, Renee, let's be honest. In our day when we grew up, there really was a village. Remember that show we did, It Takes, Takes a, village a Village to Raise a Kid? Sure. In our day, you and I, when we were raised up, if you did something anywhere in your neighborhood and folks knew it, it got back to your people. But how much accountability goes back to home? I'm not saying okay. accountability doesn't go back to home, but in changing times, right, other things have to change. Am I right?
1: Absolutely. What? statistics you, are different.
2: And it's not and even, it's the nature of it. I don't want to hear, later on,
3: hear and, and, later on. Boo hoo, boo hoo, boo hoo. My baby was a straight A student. He went to school every day. I don't know how all them drugs got in his room and the bombs was in. Was, was because while
2: mom was working those four shifts at McDonald's, baby boy felt bad because he saw how hard mama was working.
3: Oh, and look, I'm in front of my judge <laughs> doing oh a sentencing God. argument. All right, give me a break. <laughs> and he said, Your <laughs>
2: Honor. My mama come home dog-tired every night from, from, from working four shifts to put food on the table for me and my brother. My mom deserves a break. So, Judge, I made a bad decision. I went out there not to sell to sell drugs because it don't hurt nobody. I need to come to court with you more often. No, you don't. You need to stay right <laughs> where you are and be available <laughs> to me as my prosecutor when I'm doing my jury trust. I need Ladies to and come. gentlemen, I'm going to pose a question to you folks out there. You've heard Brene, you've heard me, and you've heard Black and I. Where do you think... Listen, don't please don't ever get me wrong. A lot of my judges think that I make these little uh mushy marshmallow arguments that woe was me, woe was the trial. All I'm trying to get us to see the reality now in two thousand and twelve is different than the reality, say in two thousand, even in nineteen eighty. So as our realities change as our realities change, we need to change our thought process processes, and we need to be prepared. For those changes, okay, they just dinking at each other, writing notes, and just excluding my butt. What'd no, we
3: listening to you.
2: Who's Day? They wrote Where? notes about Day. Somebody gave a text See? message. all in the Kool-Aid. I'm Wendy. Oh. Oh. Wendy Williams said, Juicy. <laughs> all in the all Kool-Aid. All up in there. All up nah, that's in so there. My, my question to the st- listening audience out there, and to my folks here in the studio, too. Should the accountability, as Renee said, does accountability start at home with mom and dad? I'm not saying it doesn't. But the, nat- but the Up nature, but the nature of ass. our family, our 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 close knit families has changed it, changed it, changed, Change it. The nature it. <laughs> of our extended families has changed. Nespa, yeah, and that's that- why the increase in the gang activity, the increase in kids out there knocking you upside the head to get your shoes, because things have changed. But so we have to change with it, and change starts from recognizing the need for change, right?
3: Yeah, and that change
2: comes and starts with who is Lynn? (laughs) (laughs) Why
3: are you reading? Oh, she's talking
2: about Lynn, our program director, (laughs) who snuck into the studio.
1: At what point does the accountability start to transition from the parent to the child? Well, don't get me wrong. It
2: ain't going to never transition from the parent because our society recognizes that you're not. Our society says two things at age 18. That's a legal age to do certain things like join the military vote. Right, Smoke. Get an adult driver's mm-hmm. license. No, you got to be 21 to buy tobacco. You have to be yeah, 21 to get on tobacco. Yeah, depending on where you're living at. On the paper, the law says 21. I remember when I was in the military at 17. On the military post, you could drink in all the bars and all that. And until 1986, they didn't really enforce the drinking age. So, in all my friends at Fort Dix, New Jersey, I was 17. I could go with them and drink. hey. <laughs> two months later, two weeks later, two years later, before I turned 21, their drinking age went to 21. They really made me sit in the car where they'd go in the, dr- in the club and get drunk. Oh, that was pretty. But they bad. would leave me with a 40.
1: <laughs> so I'd sit in the car, get by you. a little Drake and get passed
2: out while they in the party, dinner club, dancing <laughs> and, and stuff like that. I was with some pretty ethical folk and they wouldn't let me use my fake ID. <laughs> I digress.
3: Wait a minute, wait a minute. But they took you and gave you a 40. And I sat in the car and got I'm my not little Drake sure or accommodation. The- I'm not sure
2: how responsible that is. Look, they knew if they if I wasn't under their watch for eye, I'd be doing it anyway. So at least they knew they could control where I was at. And they would take me to clubs in Jersey that were in the middle of the country. So they knew I wasn't going nowhere. And one <laughs> girl would take my shoes.
1: Wow. <laughs> I'm just
2: playing. I'm just joking. So let's talk about this, this notion that, that Black said. And it's an interesting question. She said, when does the responsibility end with the parents or begin with the child? It never begins with the child so long as they are a child. I mean we our system at some point realized the difference between a child and an adult and the need to have a separate juvenile a separate justice system that dealt with children. Remember that show we did a while back with the lady who works for the coalition to end life mandatory life for juveniles? And we talked about the two pinnacle Supreme Court cases that came down and said sure. it's unconstitutional to subject a to have a mandatory life without parole sentence. For a juvenile without considering other things and without giving that juvenile an opportunity to to demonstrate mitigation. Why is that? Everyone in the free world recognizes there's a difference between what an adult is and what a child is. We're not talking about men who are just stupid and immature to begin with. We're talking about that real definitive line between adults and children. And so when you said that question, when does the um, responsibility, Renee just all smiling and looking at me. Somebody said something (laughs) smart. When does the line of responsibility or the responsibility trigger change from mom to the child? Never from the child. I mean, let's be real. Kids that are 21 still are stupid than kids, right? In yeah, my opinion, you know, you ain't mature until you hit your 30s. Gradually, they have to start
1: gaining some type of accountability. Sure, and most of, more,
2: most of them are latch, latchkey kids, and they do gain that accountability, but it's the wrong way. The accountability sure. that, they're, that they're gaining is what they're getting off the street. And for those of y'all who <laughs> y'all don't speak, black street is, street, is street. street. Thank you for calling for the people, Law and Plain Language. This is Dad Brandy, the compassionate lawyer. Who this? Hey. 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 It's the woman that
4: you
1: let go that was a
2: camera lady. Nobody letting nobody go, girl. You went off on vacation. <laughs> How are you, Miss Vet? What's going on? Nope. This is cute.
1: Oh, oh man! Why yeah. oh, nobody
2: <laughs> let you go? If I could have tied your butt to the table, I would have. Did you hear us give you a shout out? Like we yes. always do. How are you? How are you, Miss Q? <laughs> I'm good. Now, Miss
3: now, Q, you have been in the studio. You know you got to turn that radio
2: down in the background. Oh, because of the delay. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you listening to Miss Q, this is what not to do when you call. <laughs> When you call in, remember you have to listen and talk to us through the phone. If you're trying to hear us through your computer, you can try, but it's going to be a delay. I left. I walked out of the
4: room. I forgot. Is you know? I know know.
2: it's been a minute. See, she she abandoned us for the hot 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 (laughs) south, and then all of a sudden. So you've been listening to our discussion. What's your What's your thoughts, Miss Kid? What you thinking? What you thinking?
4: Do, I, do you want me to tell the truth? Well, yes, ma'am. well see,
2: I, I know keep what real, happened.
3: Real. I got a text message that said, What's the studio number? I know because you would talk about that mommy thing.
2: She was like, What? What? <laughs> Who's running the
3: ship? That's right. So, so tell us.
2: Running ship. So tell they us.
4: Tell, tell us the
2: truth. What's your thought? The question I is, the. There is no control. No 15, 16 year old boy, girl, none of them.
4: To be
2: running no household. I, heard that. I don't
4: care how many jobs the mama got;
2: she gotta work. Right? You
4: don't need to be going out there trying to help her out. Just go to school,
2: do what you need to do. But let's but we've have we've, we've trained our men and boys in particular to be that hunter, to be the one in control. So it's really not realistic to think they're gonna some boy who was raised ethically properly, right? To see how hard his mama's working, that he's not gonna have that instinct to want to step in and help her which may lead to the drug dealing, the little snatch-and-grab robberies, the taking other people's kicks and all those things. I'm not justifying it. I'm explaining it. How do you know. respond to that?
3: Sounds like justification to me. <laughs>
1: I think the instinct would be there, but what should ever overshadow it is the discipline that the mom shows
2: to the boy since when he's a little boy growing up. Sharon, you work real hard, and I know that. You got a 15-year-old boy. He sees how hard you work. And every time you come home, he looks at you and he says, Mommy, I love you. I'm so tired of seeing you work hard. How do you respond to him? What do you say to him?
4: I'm still saying, you know, just do what you need to do and let Mom handle what she has to handle. This is my job, and you do your job. It's going to school and taking care of business, so you won't have to work like I'm working.
2: And when he – But when you're at work, because you can't be there for his basketball game – for his debate or for whatever else is going on in his social life, how do you respond to them? Because he knows you're not there because you're working. You feel me? I, I, I think the answer is we need to reach out to our extended families, go back to that whole village notion. But I'm not mm-hmm. sure because right now we sometimes are scared sometimes of each you other. And extend
4: out to family-born families like they used to be. It's not the same anymore. I mean, nowadays, like you said, times have changed, family has changed, working, job everything has changed and you know i mean as a mother who i would be i, I don't think I, should, personally probably would run across that problem because you have been still in them young
2: uh, okay. you know to
4: do the right thing you can't and then you think they're going to dwindle off or do what they're not supposed as a mother you should know what's going on in your household you I don't do care, you care, care how many jobs you had
3: how, how much do you let you it go sharon sharon how much what How much do you let it go? Oh, you know, he snuck out last night. He ain't come home. I mean, no. First of all, if I'm coming home, he should be
4: home. I hear you. He snuck out. Oh, no, no, that's not going to work. I hear you. I hear you. You
2: know, you got to put some
4: fear (coughs) taxes in there. There you go.
2: Well, Mm -hmm. we we all know that by these whole old shows, scare straight and all that nonsense, fear don't work on these kids these days. Fear doesn't work. Reality and realness works with them, baby. You can't go out there and sell drugs because here's what's gonna to happen to I'm you. I'm gonna
3: take you to DHS. I know you
2: see me out there working hard, but I'm working hard for you so that you can do what I couldn't exactly, do—go to school and all that. Exactly, but at exactly. the end of the day, these kids are individuals. Some of them need, some of them act like they're from Missouri to show me state, and they just have to be shown. So, I mean, I don't I'm know that
4: it's the it's the parent, you know. Honestly, I'm not gonna blame the child because they're still a child. Because I've seen some parents that will cater to their needs and do what they got to do and don't care what, they, what the child is doing. And, and but I, as a, no, as a parent-parent a, a and a mother or a father, I think that you should know your
5: child. I,
2: I, I agree with that, but at the same time, I think that at some point you have to let that child learn on his or her own. I'm going to pose this question to the baby girl in the audience. Black, at what point (laughs) and at what age did you think you knew everything and you stepped out of mama's house? And decide to do what you was gonna do. Were you twelve or were you six?
1: Wow. I was about mm-hmm.
2: five let <laughs> me Well, you're you talking right. to the wrong
4: person on that one because I was <laughs> not that type of child. No, so, that that wasn't um, for you.
2: That wasn't for you, Miss um, Miss Nun Q. That was for black. <laughs> yeah, I know you was a nun. I know you and Renee was nuns in corny.
3: Well, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, what did Ronnie yeah. call Renee? Ronnie <laughs> called Renee, Renee. <laughs> All right. Well, since you put the question Ooh, in, in that kind of manner, she looked at me with <laughs> daggers in her eyes, Sharon. Protect me.
1: <laughs> since you put the question in that manner, I'm gonna have to agree with you because my mom was one of those mothers that worked around the clock, twenty four seven. She was the McDonald's three shift worker, and while she instilled the discipline in us for us to know right from wrong, she kind of wasn't there to enforce it. So and seeing her do what her do, I kind of grew my own individuality and I sort of a little bit, had the freedom to go out with it. So I, with age, I was probably around 13 or 12 when I decided yep, that I'm just going to
2: do what I want to do. Period. Stanky. It,
1: it backfired. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and I say that because growing up, to my as mama. A,
2: growing up as a foster kid at nine, I thought I knew everything and I was telling sure. my foster parents what was going on. But, but
4: I'm still saying, even with that, like, Black was saying about her mom working and hanging out there until she was grown. I went through similarities, too. Not saying to me, but to raise a child. Right. And when she started acting up and acting crazy, I had to put a threat on her.
2: And what was the You a know, that's was when a you got to
4: step off and say, hey, wait a minute. Today, I can't go to work. I have to do something else. You understand what I'm saying? And for her to see that I got to, you know, not get no money and taking care of this, it had to be a wake-up call, but I had to do what I had to
2: do. I but but, that, but that's, a horrible, uh, that's a horrible predicament to be in yeah. when you have to decide, stay home, discipline my child, or not and eat. And you, ba- you barely pay bills, it no is. Good
3: right, so I have two points to make. I mean, you do have those children that mom and dad are doing what they're supposed to do. They lay down the law. And gonna be end what they to up need. like Ted Bundy. Right, and they're going to do what they're going to do anyway. But I think that's the exception to the rule. <laughs> I know that when my child got stank around 13 or 14, well, my dad do this better, my dad do that. I went and got a box of trash bags. Threw a whole bunch of stuff in the trash bag. Let's go. Where are we going? Just get in the car. Oh, when the dad, good.
4: I, I walked into the corner and left for there. <laughs> <laughs> so oh my God! Ladies and
2: gentlemen, we're having no. some communication problems. <laughs> oh my go God! Go. Okay, wait no a shoot. minute. Hold up. Hold When she had hold her up.
6: body stood on the corner oh, and said, Mom, wait
2: Mom, a are you I said,
4: don't cross the street."
2: Because I live on that side of the
3: street. Wow, what? You
4: got a bag and a box. I didn't do that. No, I walked to the corner. I
3: got the bag. I took over there. Bye. She called me back two days later. Going, the grass is greener on the other side. The grass is greener on the other side. He gave me a token and a key.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you know how baby girl said,
2: "What a token Mm -hmm. and a key." Wow. Right. Miss no. Q, Mm-mm. Miss Q, as usual, I really, really enjoyed you. I miss you a great deal. We all miss you for sure. Thank you, baby. I knew we that love you. I miss I you. Shavina, in my school. Shavina, call me later. We can see your mama for bad pairing, All right. <laughs> I, <laughs> I knew.
4: Not
2: talking to me. I knew that that. I knew
3: that topic about mamas would would bring you out of the grave. Bring. that? Oh hell no. She texts me going. What is the number? She ain't saying hi. Ain't talked to me in weeks. Ain't say how you're know, doing. What's right. the number? What's the number?
2: All right, Miss Q. This as this usual, this 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 we miss job. you too. it right there, and your space is always going to be here. We love you.
5: I Even see though you, you sent right. your
2: baby out and made her homeless.
5: Hi. Hi.
2: Hi. So, people out there in the audience listening, do you agree with Miss Q and, and and Renee's sort of drastic ways of dealing with their kids who are out of control, or is there? Thank. I hope to God some middle ground that we can find. Call us, get in on the conversation, 215-609-4301. For those of y'all that don't know, I want to do a, a, a brief down-and-dirty sort of description and idea about the juvenile justice system, but in a moment, we have another caller. Thank you for calling for the people, Law and playing language. This is Deb Brady, the compassionate ho- lawyer, your the host. The I'm a hoyer, too. <laughs> Who this? This is Mama Black. Hi, Hi, Mama Black, Black. how are you? Oh, I done said something wrong. I'm doing well, (laughs) Well, aren't I? See, I'm not the one swearing tonight, Mama Black. I got the belt. I got the belt right here.
5: Y'all made me jump off my exercise. I was going to call in. What's up, Mama? What you got
2: to say, Mama Black?
5: Here's what I'd like to say. First of all, baby, I like like what you said. I like your comment. Thank you for, you know, protecting your mama. (laughs) For sure. Here's what I'd like to say especially to those who, um, you know, took the hard stance with their children. Mm -hmm. Um, I have two other children. Rashonda is my daughter. Right. Um, She's my baby. I have two older sons. Um, For me, I was so concerned about making sure my sons didn't go to jail, making sure they didn't get in trouble, that they didn't uh, sell drugs, that I was harder on them than I was on her and
2: she turned out to be the terror. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow, take it back.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I, you know what? And I can imagine doing what I do every day. I say to my clients with boys all the time God bless you for raising a young black man in this society in this city under the, the circumstances under which we live. Thank you. Sure. Keep going. Go ahead. What were you saying? Right.
5: So, you know, um, and also, she's absolutely, right. um, I was holding down whatever job I could while also pursuing my degree.
2: Right.
5: So she, they all had a lot of, of time on their hands. But here's what I would say, two things. Number one, I couldn't control what they did when they were outside of my house. But black will tell you, when you were in my house, not only was there discipline, I knew what was going on in my house. Okay. Um, the times that I was at work or at school, obviously I couldn't control, you know, or I didn't have total knowledge, but I had good neighbors. Um, Deb, I I totally agree with you. We need to take the village approach when it comes to these children. Too many people turn their backs on our kids, um, just dismiss them as, you know, bad or trouble and not really try to understand where the child is coming from. The other thing I'd like to say, as a child that grew up who – I wasn't in foster care or anything, but I was pretty much abandoned. I have little brothers and sisters that I had to take care of at a very young age. And I just felt a lot of emptiness growing up. I could not be that way that hard with my kids. I, I couldn't you. I couldn't take the stance of, you know, you're getting on my nerves. I'm going to throw you out, you know, even though I, there were a couple of times I sent them down to their father. Right. But. I was the one that ended up suffering, in the, begin- in the end, I was up late, worrying, you know, are they okay? You know, just based on my upbringing, it was very hard for me to be extremely hard on them. There were nights I wanted to say, get out, but my heart you just wouldn't let me do it.
6: Right, I hear So,
5: you. Um, my daughter can attest to you, you know, we've been through a lot together, but at the end of the day, my children know I I love them all.
2: And, that's, sure. and and at the end of the day, no matter
5: what they've done, what they've been through, mom will always ride to
2: the end. And that's and I and think that's where all parents start. No matter how bad, how evil your child, you think the deeds are, they need to know you love them and you're their parent. For sure. You know, because, I mean, that's right. Renee taught me something really interesting, She's, and she says it all the time. There's never a bad child. It's the deeds that the child does that are bad. So if we start Correct. recognizing that and start label on our kids with that then i think that's where we start mama black we love you thank you so much for calling in and you can get and, back and on the stepper and you yeah get back on your stepper but if we if we if we get your juices flowing again let us know here thank you so much <laughs> ladies and gentlemen All right. you're listening Bye-bye. to www.gtimeradio.com g-town the world it's sound from german for the people law in plain language where my baby at if you want to take part in the conversation get in there and Give us some of your thoughts and your ideas and answer my question. Where do we start? Where do we start? We were going to take a break, but we got to call a caller. Call a caller, you on the air. Thanks for calling for the people. Law and playing language. Who this? Hey, what's going on with you? Who this? What's up? A- Hi, how are you? I'm good.
6: Okay. How are
2: you? I'm well. Who is this? This is Bubba. Who? Bubba. Yeah. No. Okay. Del, Bobby hey baby what's hey, going hey. what's co- what's going on with you Not I just wanted to call in and uh see how you was
6: doing this evening.
2: We're doing well. you got a comment for us on the topic where my boy at? where my baby at? We're talking about juveniles and the uh, resources available to them, and more importantly, we're talking about those things that kids find themselves entangled in and what we can do to help them through it. Or should we just throw them away? So what's your uh, comment, comment, Tom? We Tom? No. We should. You said
6: course.
2: You said of course. We should yeah. throw them away.
6: <laughs> no, we should help. We should
2: help. Okay, how do we help? What do we do? No. Do we no, put we mom? Do we out. put mom and dad in jail because their kids got arrested? Do we find mom and dad for being bad parents, or do we send those resources to the house and try to help the whole family out? Well, what do, what we do we?
6: What we need to do is have the same practices that are universal. You know, we need to have patience and perseverance. You know, when the, the youth are always going to go through troubled times, it's how we deal with them that that allows them to get through it.
2: The Amen. problem is Amen that, that.
6: A, lot of, a lot of youth, especially of African-American ethnicity, seem to think that things are terminal and do not believe that there's light at the end of the tunnel. And what we need to do is show patience and perseverance and allowing them to grow and develop and teach them the
2: right way. And if we do, they'll come back to being their self. Right. I hear you. I hear you. I like You know, I think, I think
3: the most important, I, I think one of the important things that you stated was kids are always going to do what kids do. They're always going to get in trouble. I was, I was trying to figure out what you said, but I kind of paraphrased it. Um, but, yeah, yeah you're exactly. absolutely right. They're, they're always going to go that way. And I think as we think back to what we were doing when we were their age, we go, oh, my goodness, I can't even imagine, you know, what's out there now.
2: So Re- rebellion causes growth
6: in a certain sense. And the fact that trying to be different allows us to expand ourselves and to cre- be creative. Most definitely. To be
2: unique, most definitely. You know? and, and at the end of the day, it allows us to see who we are and what we're made of. I agree with that. I agree with yes. that. So let me ask you, you this know, question, and, and don't be scared. Are you, I I think, to a certain extent, we need to be able to laugh off certain acts that kids do not call them crimes, call them growing pains, establish a separate system to deal with that, and when they do, God hope they don't, get involved in that criminal stuff, then they get entangled in the justice system. But when kids commit stuff like taking bikes and all those things, don't label them a crime. Send them down some path of, that sort of deviates from the criminal justice system and, and recognize that kids will be kids. you agree with that? I agree 100%. I'm
6: a small business owner myself. And being a small business owner, I once worked and I was employed. And I used to be in a position where um, I used to see my white counterparts deal with their employees in a different manner and a fashion when their employees had bumps and bruises in the road. They wouldn't just cut them off. They would allow them to grow and have patience with them so that they could come into their own. A lot of our problem is that what we do is, once an event occurs, it's final, it's terminal, you've, you've been given a death sentence, When what we really need to execute is patience. I hear you. know, me. patience and understanding because, like I said, I, I used to work, you know, I, I have a small business of my own. I used to work for a small business beforehand. Right. And, you know, you had some, some of my white counterparts that would be alcoholics or drug <clears throat> abusers, and when they went to rehab or whatever, their position would still be there for them which would allow them to expand and to grow and to still have a security system. Right. What happens is with <laughs> black people, once we do something, it's, oh, you're trash, you're nothing, you're no good. Right. Instead of the fact that you've just made a mistake. Right. Mistakes happen through all of us. All right. of us make mistakes, but it's how we deal with those mistakes
2: that make the difference. Wow. You said a mouthful there, my brother. And so I, have, I
3: have one last question. So what do you do? As a parent, when they get the heck out of line,
6: you, you know what? It depends how old they are, you know. But at, after a certain point of time, you just have to, you know, you just keep reinforcing, you know. I, you know, me myself, I wasn't always a golden child, and I didn't always have a silver spoon in my mouth. But I learned through time and dedication of my family that, you know, I and I, and I came into my own. And now I am successful, I'm doing well, and I am living good, and now I'm happy. You know, but it wasn't always like that. And I, by the support of my family, you know, my, my, you know, my, I didn't have my father there. My father was there, but he wasn't there. But I have my uncles who always instilled in me and gave me the men values. And that's what's missing with a lot of black men is a man to explain and to talk to them and get them understanding about being a man. Okay. You know, so... For
2: so, me, my family was great. For me, so I'm going to ask you, you. You, you, got a whole bunch of young brothers listening to you, trying to sort of grab some some pearls of wisdom from you before you you sneak away into the night. What do you say to those young brothers listening to you who are on that precipice between? All right, I'm going to try to do what I'm supposed to do to live within this world of everybody else, or I'm going to go off and do what the heck I want to do and how I want to do it. What do you say to those brothers? Just
6: those keep pushing. Children. You know, just just have faith. You know, things will always get hard but they'll also get better. So it's just a matter of making it through the rough times, never giving up. Don't ever give up. You know, I, I just had a conversation with somebody today. You always have to dream big. Dream huge. The mind is powerful, what you believe you can create. I came from nothing, and I'm something today because my dreams were unlimited.
2: There you go. There you go, and I really appreciate that. God bless you. Thank you so much for calling for the people Law and Plain Language. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, right, you, have a great you do the same. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to For the People Law in Plain Language. Our show is titled Where My Boy At. We no, are it's, it's, it's called Baby Boy, Where You At? Oh, it's my bad. Baby Boy, <laughs> Where You At? Where
1: you at, baby We are boy? going to
2: be expecting some um, comments from Mr. Reuben Jones. Executive director of Frontline Boy Frontline Dads who I talked bad about already but he's in the studio. <laughs> and we're gonna take a little break. We'll be back. Don't go nowhere.
7: Save a world to save a world that's destined to
6: that die. is destined to die
5: when I look at the world
6: when I look at the world
7: it fills me with sorrow,
6: it fills me with sorrow
7: little children today
6: dream today
7: really gonna suffer tomorrow
6: really suffer tomorrow oh, oh what a shame what a shame
7: such a bad way such to live. a bad way to live Um oh, who is to blame who is to blame we can't, stop we
6: can't stop living. Oh,
7: oh. Live.
6: Live live. Live for, life. live for life. But let live everybody.
7: Live life for the church.
6: Let's, let's save the
7: children. Let's let's save all the children.
2: What's up, what's up? This is Deborah Rainey, the Compassionate Lawyer, bringing you For the People every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. on gtownradio.com.
1: What's up, what's up? Welcome back to For the People, Law and Plain Language. You're listening on gtownradio.com. g G-Town Radio, the sound from Germantown.
3: And Miss Rainey's just walking back up in the, okay. in the studio. First of all,
2: baby girl not allowed to do my line no more because she got it all wrong. You wasn't me. here, all right? I had looking. to hold it down. You know what, what I'm saying? Okay, now, for, on the other side of the break, ladies and gentlemen, we were discussing the ins and outs and the woes that um, face parents, particularly single parents, raising their kids alone. The question I posed to the folks in the studio, to Judge Renee, who puts everybody under the jail, and to liberal young black, is at where does the responsibility begin? And we all agree that the responsibility begins at home. But what I posed was that with the changing in times, resources, and availability of, and the sort of distortions of the families, extended families included, that maybe we need to redefine our lines and where the responsibility lies. Joining us now in the studio is Mr. Reuben Jones, who um, I'm not going to tell the brother what I said about him, but he's the executive director of the Frontline Dads, and they offer leadership development, development and mentoring activities, and I read to your listeners um, some of the activities that they offered, and I made a joke about, Reuben, I made a joke about repelling. I wanted to see some hood kids repelling off the Domino's building or the Blockbuster building because they offer outdoor adventures, hiking, kayaking, repelling. Group therapy, team building, and Reuben Baby,
8: please tell us, what
2: is leadership core competencies? What does that
8: mean? So, um, if you can name me just three people you consider as, as a leader, right? Barack Obama. Okay, who else? Um, Clinton's wife, Hillary. And who else?
2: Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Dr. Jr.
8: Dr. King, okay. So, now, if you give me three qualities that they share. Black. No.
2: Proud. <laughs> no. No. Proud.
8: You can be born black and not have any leadership skills.
2: They were born. Pr- they, were pr- they were proud. Barack Obama is 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 incredibly intelligent. He's incredibly charismatic, okay. right? And he cares. Okay. Hillary Clinton is exceedingly intelligent. Okay. She cares, and she's a woman. Okay. Dr. King is. I mean, I, I, do I have to come on now? He, Dr. King. If you look in the, the dictionary, his picture should be under leader. You agree? And that's pa- I do not disagree. Okay, and also joining us in the studio is seventeen-year-old Mo, seventeen, right, baby? Yeah. And he came to give us the juvenile perspective on what us adults think that we know, because you know most kids think we don't know what the heck we are talking about, and they got to go out there and yeah. find yeah. out yeah. things for themselves, <laughs> ain't that right, Mo?
7: Yeah. No, I wouldn't see that. I mean,
2: wow, well, no, but he's smiling though, like it's true. And Mo, do me a favor, Please baby. Sir. Pull up on the mic like it's your girl, and you about to kiss her. There you go. <laughs>
7: well, I don't kiss girls,
2: though. Oh liar! Look at him; his <laughs> nose growing like twelve <laughs> feet long and whatnot. So Mo and um, Ruben, let me—the impetus behind the show. When tell Mo and Ruben the impetus, the reason why you wanted to have a show like this, designed around this sort of platform.
3: So a few weeks ago, <laughs> I talked to a couple of moms, and I won't say which moms they were. Um, and they say Mo's
2: mom is not one of them. Sorry,
3: <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know that they're at that age where they starting to get a little bit stank. You know, they're still good kids, stank. still um, doing what they need to do. But you know, I, w- the same thing we all did when we when we were their age. You know, we start feeling ourselves yeah. and we think we know everything. Yeah. So it's a legal talk show, and Deborah always gives. You know, we we talk about the law and what the what happens when a juvenile goes to court and what the processes are. But I thought it was time to actually have. Some youth on the show to right. give us their point of view. There's supposed to be another gentleman here, but he's not here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really wanted to hear the voice of the people, the voice of the youth of today. Mm-hmm. You know, so you she's know? just
2: so groovy, isn't she? Black. That's she's just shit. so groovy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so mo. The bottom line is, baby boy, break it down for us. Um, what is it? What's the, what's that one thing that you think is lacking in your development as a young man?
7: Uh, what's was lacking in my development as a young man. He I said, "I know what I'm doing." I mean I I think like like standards standards have been like lowered.
2: And whose standards have been lowered?
7: Like just like the people standards in general is for for my generation like their standards have been lowered.
2: Give me a, give me a, give us an example. What do you mean? Uh the school system, they dumbed it down. I mean like The school system? The school system. School, oh my god, yeah. School system? Yeah, like
7: like they blame it on us and say that we're lazy, but I mean y'all don't teach Or they don't teach. And what
2: you may not know is in most major cities and everywhere in the country, for that matter, schools are fed and paid by taxes, right? Right. If you got a school system in a big old city, right, where no one within the city that gets taxed, right, and lives in those school zones doesn't work. They can't pay taxes. The schools don't get any money. And then you have... A system like ours that's broken down to the haves and the have-nots, and the haves like those folks that live in those counties that think because we, just because we work in Philly, what we live outside, we don't have to contribute to your tax system. Why should we help with your school system? The bottom line is the school ain't got no money because there's nobody paying taxes to pay the schools. So, I understand you're saying the school sucks, right? But right. what is it that you're doing to learn to try to learn what they're at least trying to teach you? You feel me? You go into a classroom, there's one book. Okay, so you take out your pen and paper, you demonstrate your eagerness to learn and you start listening to the teacher. Right. I mean, but half the teachers don't speak English anymore. I wow, mean, don't don't scare me now, boy. For real. I mean I mean I
7: go to George Washington and I got I had six classes for my senior year and I say two two or maybe three of my teachers speak English. I got a Russian teacher. Ruskaya. I mean, yeah, wow! I a Russian teacher, an uh, Asian teacher. So learn Russian. I'll teach I you some mean, Russian. Come to
2: the house. I mean, like, <laughs>
7: <laughs> I mean, like, and it's not like they're they're teaching like Russian or something. They're teaching like English and stuff. You mean, like, you got a Russian teacher teaching you English. Like, how can you do that? It's shit? Uh,
3: you know what, and, and that's an interesting point. My very first time I took a college course. I probably was about seventeen or eighteen. I was at Community College of Philadelphia, and my instructor was someone with it. Horrible accent, so it was like fo and not like. Well, what, what, what are you saying? And, and and they were speaking numbers, and you were like, how am I supposed to understand right. how to do this when I can't even understand? You kept saying, "What are you saying again?" Was that four or fourteen? What are you saying? And um, all
8: right. So, aside so, uh, from uh, the I Russian can I teach I check you, something go sure. I think that's symptomatic of one of the major problems in this country that we face right now, particularly as it relates to. African-American male youth. So what he's saying is I have a Russian teacher that's trying to teach me English, right? And there's something wrong with that picture. Um, if I have a, a math uh, teacher, he should be a mathematician. He shouldn't be a gym teacher who's filling in but for the math But what's to teacher. say
2: that the Russian person is not an English teacher?
8: I, I, it, well, he said he was teaching English. But I'm saying he can know perfect English. Like, like but I'm saying English. it goes back to the argument that we talk about, you know, women, single mothers raising black boys to be men. So some people are equipped to do specific things. So, you know, if Okay, if, wait a minute. Hold up because this brother about
2: to say something that's going to make me hit him upside the head with a oh microphone. <laughs> I agree with what you said. You didn't let me finish. Because I, he was pissing me off and I didn't want to make sure you knew that. And I'm just kidding. Okay. Finish what you said and I'll jump in. in. So I
8: I just want to be clear that um sometimes, and I'm not saying in every case, we look at these young men and we forget about the challenges that they face independent of the school district. That's so fair. So if I have That's a young fair. person who, 17, right. who's 17, who's going to George Washington, which is halfway across the city, I, I'm assuming you live in this area somewhere. Uh, around here. Right. So now he's Where already- George
7: Washington? Uh, North Is East. it in the North East? Do they give
2: you
8: tokens for school to get there?
7: Uh, we go a school insurance pass. Was
8: that
2: your choice to go to George Washington? Um, As opposed to the schools around here?
7: Yeah, I would choose Washington over at the schools
2: around You darn here. sure wouldn't have went, went to went the nah, West nah. to to Germantown, Ohio, right? No, nah, I wouldn't okay. go to Germantown. Uh, um, Reuben, let me challenge you. You and several of my other sort of, and I don't want to use the word Milton because that's an incorrect word, but my brothers who care, mm. Right. Have this notion and this idea that only men can teach boys how to be men. Why is that? That's not what I said. You said...
8: You let me finish.
2: Single mothers trying to raise young black boys to be men, and I jumped in ignorantly without checking myself. I'm letting you finish. So go back and finish that comment. So the
8: analogy that I was drawing is you have a Russian teacher teaching English, which is not his first language. That doesn't mean he can't teach English, but can he do it as well as a natural-born English-speaking person.
2: How many of our natural-born right. English-speaking people want that job, though? Are they that's paying? not the point.
8: That's not the point. I don't want to argue how many people are available. I just want to make the one point perfectly clear. Just because a thing works a certain way doesn't mean that's the way it's supposed to work. So I can fix my car with a vice grip, that don't mean a wrench won't work better. So sometimes we have single parents who happen to be mothers who are doing a great job doing the best they can my tip my hat to them however that doesn't mean they don't need help oh sure so in sure. the absence of that man that male figure the father or uncle or community member because i believe in community then you have to have other folks who act as advocates to step in the step of like at this particular young man's school so maybe he's not getting the english from this english teacher who's russian so maybe getting a tutor or some after-school help okay. would, would benefit All right. him All right. to help fill in that gap. I
2: understand now what you were saying, so I take my my um, sort of about to get with with the brother. I think I agree with you to say that you support and sort of add to what exists now. Is that what you're saying? If you see a deficiency, fill in that gap with something. All right. Aside from the school issue that you said, having the Russian, lead, Russian teacher who you have a hard time understanding the accent, what other issues do you see that you need in folks like you in your generation? Or Here's my question to you, and I'm not trying to put you on blast, right? <laughs> I know you got some of your boys that be hanging out trying to do the hustle thing. What stops you from joining them? Uh, Is it a fear of jail or something else?
7: No, I, I, I wouldn't actually say I fear of jail, but I mean, like, I would probably say, like, most, like, my mom,
2: though. Okay, and what about your mom?
7: Mom don't play.
2: And mom ain't trying to have that, right? Right. So are you suggesting that people, that you don't do it because mom is there and the guys that do do it don't have mom there? Or is there something different that that they're dealing with?
7: Um, man, everybody's situation is different. I mean, some people, mom is there, but mom don't got it. So you got to get it so y'all can eat. And, man, everybody's life story is different. So you can't can't just, like, have a general statement because everybody don't live the same
2: life. Okay. But even though everybody don't live the same life, wrong is wrong, right? Right. And so, but what I think I heard you saying, no, wrong is wrong, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do to put food on the table. Right. When you have those kind of, and can can I presume, Ruben, that with frontline dads, you deal with a a lot of youngsters who are in that position? One of the things I said at the beginning of the show is, what do you tell that kid whose mom is working four or five shifts, right? To put food on the table. He's so tired to see a mom come in the house, dog tired, that he goes out there in the house for to help her out. Renee's putting a text in my face and I'm supposed to read. She's supposed to read. Don't let don't let Mo fool you.
3: She she she's supposed to read and still keep it fluid. Um, Mo. Don't let Mo fool you. Um, I'm not sure whether you were supposed to read this out loud or not.
2: I'm reading it a lot. <laughs> Don't let Mo fool you. Just spoke to the dean. Blah, blah, blah. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> he can do work. He's excellent. I can't read it with a tinted like that. He can do the work in wow. excellence. However, he wants to be the class clown. Wow. And Mo was an AB student. They just put you on blast, mm. baby. Man,
7: Alright, well, since I'm on blast. <laughs> man, <laughs> man, I mean, like, I mean, it, it's not fooling anybody. Me, personally, man, I just want to graduate. I want to be out of school.
2: What do you want to do when you finish school?
7: Um, uh, I want to either go to culinary school or law school. That's
2: what I'm talking about.
7: But, I mean, well, like, my, my first, well, I'm not even going to say it's, like, a goal, but it's more like, like a fantasy. A dream. Part, part reality. Like, it, uh, basically a dream. Like, I, I'm very, very passionate about music. And, I mean, I don't think... Not a person in this world could could argue me down about music because I argue to the bone.
2: Uh, what, and what about music? Is it that turns you into sound, or makeup? What do you um, make
7: music or you just sing? You rap? What? I, I rap. I make beats. I engineer. Like whatever. anything that has to do with music, I put my mind to it and I learn how to do it. Any particular genre? Um, like hip hop and R and B. But I mean, I've been trying everything: rock and roll, jazz. Any genre you throw me in there, I'll give you something.
2: How many times you been arrested?
7: <laughs> none. I mean, well, well, I
2: mean... I don't once. mean for truancy. <laughs> I mean for, like, you know, <laughs> well, what they, they deem criminal then. actions. You been, oh, in, you been in trouble for truancy and missing school?
7: Oh, truancy and missing school? Like, not not really. I mean, suspensions, but not, like, probation or nothing.
2: Right. You said you weren't arrested for truancy. You were arrested for something else?
7: I mean, well, I mean, I... Uh, I don't really want to get into, get into that.
2: Fair enough. And what happened to you? you on probation now for it or is it done?
7: No, it's done.
2: Good, good, good. So, Ruben, what I was going to ask you is what do you say to those kids who you get that whose mom or dad or both are out there working those four-hour shifts and aren't really there for the kids, but when they are there, they're taking that time to instill in them what they think that they need to know with respect to what's right, what's wrong, how do you, and how you carry yourself in the world when they're not around. And you see those kids going that way. What do you do for them? What do you say to them?
8: The, the first thing I want to say is that, you know, we're dealing with, you know, not just young people, people in general. When you talk about behavioral changes, you know, those principles have to be three things, taught, modeled, and reinforced. So we, I can't necessarily go into anybody's home and tell a young person how to live and what choice to make. That's not what we do. I appreciate that. Um, but what we do try to do is reinforce and support. Was given in the home so if a parent is working four jobs or three jobs and she's doing the best she can for this young man or he and he's tempted by the lure of the streets the only thing we could do is try to help him put in perspective the options that are available to him in terms of the choices the consequences that go with each of those choices and something this young man said you know my mom don't play the reality is you know a child has to be vested uh, not just a child. I, keep, I shouldn't even use that word. A young person or human being has to be vested in whatever he believes in to subscribe to the conscript. So if I don't want to disappoint my mother, that only comes from my love, respect, and admiration for my mother. So and some fear. And sometimes fear can small, be healthy, real small, real small, but healthy, you know right? the reality is if I don't have that that buy in that my mother has my best interests at heart and she's doing the best she can for me, then it's easy for me to be lured by. Some of these temptations. What happens? What you'll find is a lot of times these young men get lured by the streets because they don't feel that of they don't not. have that connection. So this becomes family. So
2: Mo, let me ask you this, and we're going to piggyback on what Ruben just said. What is it that your mom gives you that shows you and definitely lets you know you are loved? It makes you say to us, like you said, "My mom don't play."
7: Uh, I mean, she's been there since, since birth. Maybe. When you say
2: "been there," been there how?
7: Been, uh, like. Everything. I mean, clothing, I mean, food, shelter, necessities, non-necessities, everything. But, I mean,
2: uh... What's the most important thing, that, in your mind, your mom gives you?
7: Um, the most important thing I could probably say is, like, give me, she give me confidence. I mean, with, without confidence, I don't think a Mel is anything, because if you don't have confidence in yourself, then... Can't you not gonna have confidence in anything you do?
2: So other mothers are listening to you out there. How does she give you confidence?
7: Other mothers, mm-hmm. man, um, well, with, well, me personally, like I, w- I, would just say like, like love. Love is the like the most you could give a male because if as long as he you know that he's loved and he has that confidence to you know, like at the end of the day, if I go rest my head hair, 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 I still got that person that love me. I mean, he gonna work and he gonna get what he gotta do, and he gonna do what he gotta do to better himself. Hmm. And it don't, it don't always gotta be so much like money or like any any type of accessories. It could just be words, just "I love you" or "Have a good day" or like any compliments that that could just like change somebody's whole mindset for that day.
2: Have you ever been lured by the street or tempted by the street, as Ruben says, that quick little? money for the kicks, a quick little money for the, um, you know, the beats, and you engineer for that kind of thing?
7: I mean, well, I, I always got my little hustles. I mean, like, they, they always legal.
2: Clearly he don't mean selling <laughs> drugs. <laughs>
7: but I, I, but I, I always got my little hustles. I mean, like, I got a little studio, so I just rent some hours with people. Um, I make beats, I future on tracks. I mean, whatever I can do, I mean, just to help, help myself, help my family.
2: So what do you say to the kids out there that don't have that talent to make the beats and stuff, who might be Lured by the streets, what do you advise them to do? What do you say to um, them?
7: I say, I say, just, just hope for a better day. I mean, like er- everybody had got that one talent that they're good at. I say,
2: take your talent and run with it. Never look back. How do you how you figure out what your talent? Black, how do you figure out your talent was for spoken word? Actually, I didn't figure it out. Um, it more so, came
1: from the reaction of other people towards it. For me, spoken word was just an outlet. And I was more into music than the spoken word. It kind of fed off of it. And when people heard it, they liked it and took to it, and it just kind of stuck with me from there.
2: And and Josh, how, I mean, sorry, Mo, how did you know music was your... <laughs> I just put uh, him all out there. How did you know music was your passion?
7: Um, Well, like, I grew up around, like, like hood rappers, and, like Sandman, and, like, can- and the canyons and whatever. And Logan, so like it was always a seed there, and then I don't know. I I wrote my first rap when I was about nine, and then I liked it. You got three minutes. Hit us with
2: something. (laughs) (laughs) On the spot, spot. let's go. Uh, Come
3: on. You know. All right. So I I have a question for you to take you off the hook, but but trust me, she gonna make you do something. So you said that one of the things that was a barrier for your generation and for you with school. What other things are out there that, as adults, we need to recognize you know because and and i remember in my time (coughs) you know telling my parents you don't understand things are different and i'm sure it's pretty much the same now
7: yeah like like the whole the whole situation with like the flash mobbing and stuff i mean like like i think my generation like they they draw or or that's our word for like they like they were doing unnecessary things like
2: back in our day people we called it tripping yeah,
7: right, yeah, we tripping, but like it was drawn, like they ain't had to be beating up old people and like, like the nonsense. But I mean, what was like, the, what was the motivation for the
2: flash mob? I'm just curious. The
7: motivation, honestly, I don't know, cause I, I don't know personally. When I used to like go go to little like events for the teens or whatever, like I ain't never getting the fights. Like all I wanted to do was like spend money and be around girls. If it was a party, I wanted to dance with girls. I ain't never want to be around a bunch of males, like. Oh, man, that, that's just me, though.
2: Okay, and Black, you had something about the flash mob thing. Yeah,
1: oftentimes what I notice is always just takes one bad seed to initiate something like that. So often it's just one kid that, that is fiending for attention and wants to stand out amongst the crowd of a bunch of kids and gets everybody all hyped up, and, and nine times out of ten, 90, Five percent of those kids would have never done it if it wasn't for the influence of that one person that decided the. So entire then we thing. need
2: to flip the script because that ninety-five percent that wouldn't have done it should stand up and say, "No, this ain't right." Like yeah. Mo said, his generation was drawing, but there were enough of them that should have put that down and 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 squashed yeah, that. But
1: then it's you got to deal with the the the. I mean, teenagers can be cruel sometimes, sure. as far as bullying and sure. wanting to be cool, and and that kid might have it might have been. I'm sure it was a few kids in the crowd that felt like they were out of their element and what they were doing, but they probably felt like, man, when I get back to school the next day, it's going to be all over school, that I was a punk and I ain't ride out. And so it's it's a lot of peer influence that really plays into a lot of things that kids actually get into.
8: So I I think you're right. Swagger and identity and reputation plays a lot into those decisions. But let me also, not to take those young kids off the hook, but let me just say this: at the at the height of this flash mob thing, we got to recall that this city closed swimming pools, hello rec centers, schools, rec centers. centers,
2: and open shut, and made place for the Barnes Museum. Hello shut, Barnes, shut what shut are you down, doing for our kids?
8: For Took budgets away from the city, the summer work program. So we got to look at this in a proper context too. Like these kids were crying out with nothing to do, and we all—if we can all remember how we were when we was fifteen, sixteen. When you got bored, there's nothing to do. You found some mischievous What, it, things what, it, what, to get what into. did Will
2: Smith say in his summertime? Where's that place he had to go to in West Philly, Renee? The Plateau. The Plateau. plateau. So yeah. the kids ain't got no more Plateaus,
8: for so they Either create they own. their own Plateau. So they create their own. And we got to really understand that and not just – I mean, you got to be responsible for the choices you make. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But on the same token, the adults at some point got to take responsibility for the choices they make playing politics and everything else. And sometimes the kids are the big losers.
2: Um, Mo, one of the things that I had said before you and Ruben got here was that I think our society, given the way things are, the um, economy being as repressive as it is, so many politicians who are running on this platform of hard-on crime, trying to arrest and charge 12-year-olds as adults and all that nonsense, I think our society needs to go back to distinguishing between what is kids being kids and what's truly criminal. I am so sick and tired of, I do private stuff, Mo, but I also do court appointments. The court will call me and send me information, saying, "Ms. Rainey, will you take this case for whatever reason? Sure, I'll take it for a dollar. Give me my dollar. And you get nonsense like, kids riding down the street, he grabs a bike, and he's in jail and has to pay bail? Really? I mean, listen, those of you out there are going to say, well, he has to know what's white and what's wrong. Okay. I get that. Put him in some kind of program where he goes and does 30 hours community service, goes to the house of the person whose bike he stole, right, and stands out there for 24 hours and, and guards her bike. But don't waste our time and resources clogging up our criminal justice system with a child who, who who stole a bike. Or you got kids that work really hard as carpenters with mom and dad or something like that. They go to school Put that little box cutter in the in the backpack and forgot to take it out. He's not menacing anybody, but he walks through that metal detector. It goes off. The popo come. He gets arrested and charged with possession of instrument crime. Really? So we've really? criminalized
8: being a, a juvenile, basically. And
2: so, what do we say to these kids after they've gone through that? Look, we know right is right, wrong is wrong, but there has to be some alternatives, some diversions. Within both of our systems, the adult system and the juvenile system, for those of you that don't know, in Philadelphia, if you're arrested and you're under the age of 18, what's supposed to happen, the police are supposed to take you to the district, call that interested parent. It used to be legal guardian. Now the rule is an interested parent, right? Mm-hmm. As soon as that happened, there's some juvenile probation officer who's on call. He gets that phone call to say, we've arrested this kid. Here's his date of birth. Here's what he was charged with. What are we going to do with them? We're we going to divert them to this program, that program, that program, or we're we going to keep them in the juvenile justice system. It's there, the resources are there. We just don't use them. Caller, caller, thank you for calling for the people. Law and playing language. This is Deb Randy, the compassionate lawyer. Who this? Hey, Deb, this is Dana. Hi, Mos mom. How you doing? Good. How are you?
4: I'm okay. I'm I'm said that there is nothing for the children to do now where they are swayed to do other activities um for instance or you don't have the money to pay for what for those um interests that you want your children to participate in like with mo he played hockey golf t ball black
2: boys play hockey go ahead boy look soccer. at him he's black oh my you know, god he's, he's so cute Latin. Dana, he's blushing. He's so cute. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. He
4: only played basketball and football because we were in the hood. But when I got into yeah. that in-between point where I wasn't working and I couldn't pay for those activities or continue to send him to private schools, it was like he tried to – We and we moved to a new area. The area tried to swoop him up and swarm him up, whereas though I agree with what the first caller said, but I disagree with what she said. I had to – you know, I had to give some things up because of some of the things that he went through. But the most important however, thing, however, he has to he has to make those decisions on his own, being sixteen, seventeen. And I'm telling him that, look, this is what's going to happen. This is what I see. This is blah blah blah. You need to call that, You need to this person. You need to call that person. Now, the problem that I do have is that when you call on all of these black men or some of these black men to help you to intervene with a a young black man, they don't stand up.
2: I hear you. I hear you. Mama Dana, we appreciate what your call. And I'm going to have Mr. Jones... I'm going to have Mr. Jones it, um, respond to that. I got one other person that's persistent that's trying to call, get through. Okay. Call me right back afterwards, okay? No, look, the other caller hung up already, so okay. let him answer. so, Andrew, so anyway, then... so Dana, let me make sure I – let me say two things to you. One, we know based on what Mo here said, my mama don't play that, that you gave him the confidence and the love that he needed, and he told us that. But I also mm. hear what you said that at some point – you feel like you've given him the tools that he needs to start making those informed decisions on his own based on what foundation you've developed. But then you said when you reach out to them black men, they don't stand up. What do you mean by don't stand up? And then Ruben's going to take it. I'm sorry? When you say you call on those black men and they don't stand up, you referring to what don't they do when, you, when you're saying that they don't well, stand like up? Well, like I was
4: going through a time with him where I knew that a man needed to – um, that he needed a man to talk to the issues that he was going, that he was going through that I was not the one to get those answers to him.
2: Okay. Right.
4: He needed a, a productive black man to talk to him about men issues.
2: What are men is, issues? In that
4: crazy, that crazy stage where he didn't know his head from his behind. And, and, i I believe I had done all that I could have I done you. at that point. I mean, I eventually found someone that talked to him
2: um, I hear you.
4: after calling numerous people and reaching out to people and he did come back to me and said this one particular person what he said to him related to what he was going through
2: well i'm you gonna know, I'm gonna let Ruben respond to that, and I'm going to throw my my little liberal piece in there go ahead I'm
4: gonna, I'm gonna hang up go ahead, in, baby, go call.
2: ahead, go ahead. I'm
4: so petrified and i'm so i think one of the greatest fears of single parents and parents today is that we cannot allow our children to be children
2: i hear you the go the same amen, thing sister. that you're
4: saying amen. that if he gets out there and he starts going with <laughs> the mouth a little bit he would have got sent home now they arrest him and he's certified at 17 for for something trivial
2: right, amen sister amen sister Dana, thank you so much for your call. Brother Jones is going to address your issue. Go ahead, Ruben. I just want to
8: say, um, Ms. Dana, I just respect you so much just for your honesty and saying that, hey, my son needed a little bit more than I felt like I could give him, so I've reached out to some folks. Unfortunately, they didn't reach back, but I think the message I want to send to to single black mothers is that um, it is not uh, an attack against black women or single mothers to say that, let me help you. You know what I mean? And I think that sure. we, that's a bad position for us to take Shh. when someone is offering help, offering support. We cry about the community not being the community, but then when there are...
0: The producer's
8: but, fire. No, that was <laughs> but, the, the phone
3: call got disconnected. But then okay.
8: when there are black men out here, and I can name quite a few, who are in the community as activists and support system for not just, you know, these young men, but for the community in general... I think we need to embrace that. Now having said that, you know, I want to let you know that Reuben Jones and Frontline Dad does not have all the answers. I'm for sure. We're just one group of men who, who are making an effort and made themselves You know what I mean. and the process that we use, the information that we try to give them, the support that we try to give them, we believe it works, but we're not the end all be all. There are other organizations that are available that may be you know, the young people may be better suited for. Um but having said that, you know I will absolutely make myself and my organization available to you and to Mo. Um, excuse me, if he wants to get involved, and that's to any other single parent out there. The the reality is, and can I just tell this quick story? Here, here's a reality that this past year, um, the Knight Foundation offered this this opportunity for Black men to be rewarded just for being positive force in the community, doing what you do. Um, so you know, we applied. Tell, and tell the listeners why what's so it, it was significant about the night. It was Foundation. significant because it was called the B and Awards, Black uh, Male Engagement. So and what's the Knight Foundation? People that don't know, the Knight Foundation is a philanthropic organization. They give grants in the field of the arts and uh, social justice issues and a whole lot of different issues. This year, they came out with a grant called B and and they're one of the
2: bigger um, philanthropic organizations that like to reach out to and support.
8: Minority, sponsored marginalized activities. communities, absolutely. So they said, let's let's support um, black men who are engaging other black men in positive activities. We applied We actually won one of the grants. Um, since then, you know, we we've been able to expand what we do um, in terms of our reach. But on the other hand, do you know how hard it is to convince somebody to let me help you? Sure. So I was at a training one time, and a and a person told this story. And maybe it's, it's appropriate, maybe it's not, but I'll tell it. He said, If you are training to be a lifeguard, they teach you not to save a drowning person. They teach you to let them drown. And when they go under, then you go in and save them. Because if you jump in when he's flailing his arms and grasping the air, they'll choke you. They take you under with them. So, what I say to that is that we are like lifeguards who are jumping in this water with people who are just flailing their arms they're trying to save themselves you know and, and it gets it gets dangerous you know what i mean okay. when you have to convince somebody to say calm down let me drag you to shore or grab this life preserver let me help you preserve your life but if you if you go into the water as the lifeguard
2: with that about you parent readily available for that drowning person to see they will calm down and let you save them i'm not so sure i agree with and i think it's dangerous to suggest you let them drown, go on and save them and, and hope and pray you can save them. Because what if you can't? Mm-hmm. I think that you, and I agree with you in this respect. I think based on what I've heard from you and read about frontline dads, you teach the folks that volunteer with you that inner thing, that the first thing you have to have is care. You want to be involved. Absolutely, absolutely. And then you have to be able to communicate that to other people.
8: Well, what well, the, right? point, the, the point that I'm making was that it simply it's hard to convince people. The reason why he told that story was it's hard to convince a drowning person that I'm here to save you. I'm here to help you. And in our communities, we, we're overwhelmed with so much and bombarded with so much negativity and so much destruction that it's hard for people to just say, you know what? Let me let, me let somebody what she just said as a mother who said, listen, I realized my son was at a point that he needed more than I could give him. So I reached out for help. To me, that is so powerful because i run into so many people that that the whole argument of, well, a woman can't teach a boy to be a man. And then you get women who get defensive about well, that position and, and, and say, and let me respond, well, why can't I? And I've been doing me a great job. To
2: that. I think because our society is changing, because our needs and thoughts and desires and sort of wants of our kids has morphed and changed, right? Let's all be real. Things that kids want now, none of us knew about back in our day, Right. I think that to say and to limit that only a man can teach a boy how to be a man is ludicrous. It's old fashioned and it's outdated. I'm not defensive by it. Right? Let Listen, the there's certain things this young man's going to ask me about his penis L- that I don't know cuz I don't have right. one. So let me, uh, but right. I can say to you right. baby, don't be afraid to ever ask me anything because guess what? I'm going to pick up the dictionary but that ain't going to cut I'm it gonna, it is going to cut it you know why least, it's not going to cut it let me finish because he knows he can come to me no. and ask me anything no but I'm also going to say baby there's certain things I can tell you about but I haven't had the experience with it so let me reach out to this person and give you the experience it's not we going have to work but we have to stop telling our kids to go to certain people for certain things no we have to be real, we're going to table this with, for people okay
8: finish let me just say this and and I want to be you know whatever No, but be, if, if a young be. woman who's 13 comes to reuben jones and says listen i don't have a father my mother's a drug addict i got my first menstrual cycle and i don't know what to do and you're the only person wrong reuben you gonna had, push her away it's not that i'm gonna push her away i can't tell her anything about yes you can no i cannot your menstrual cycle happens here's what you let need let me finish my point and let me see let you me to my the my woman point. i can't Chicken. tell her anything about using a tampon or any of those things to go along with a menstrual cycle i've never had that experience you can or you so, don't want to I, I do not have the, the, the wherewithal. I don't have the personal experience.
2: I don't have to know what it feels like to be shot to say I don't want to be shot. Come on, But you now. do
8: need to know what it feels like to be a 16 year old man under attack in an urban environment. Sure. And I see that every day from what I do. And as long
2: as people are, are willing, not willing to it's stand up. It's a completely different up, perspective. But as long as, tell me if you agree with this. As long as people are willing to stand up and be a part of the fight, that's the beginning.
8: We're not negating that. We, okay. Let me tell you something. We're going to lock boy, arms, who, and we're going with... to embrace, and we're going to struggle <laughs> together. All I'm saying always. is there are some things
2: specific
8: and Ruben and I are always going to an individual. disagree with
2: that. Let me ask, let me ask the, the youngster in the room. Exactly. Mo, would you feel comfortable talking to your mother? Not about feel comfortable. Physica- Can you get what you need? About physical things as it relates to your body. Would you feel comfortable asking your mother those questions? Would oh, you have goodness. to have a man there to ask, bottom line?
7: Um, on on that specific, and subject, just be honest. On, on that specific subject, right? Uh, I you're in the I bathroom. Want, you pull down my, your pants. Your balls are swollen.
2: Would yeah. you Would you be comfortable in saying, "Oh my God, Mom, I have to go to a doctor. My balls are swollen. My testicles are swollen." "Same thing." Hey.
7: Yeah, no, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like shocked to ask her or to tell her that. I mean, we got that type of relationship. Um, but on that—that's on that specific subject. Right. But it—but it's some things. It's something yeah. that you might do have to go to a male to if you're a young male. Okay. And then, and then it's some things where. Uh, Would a, you feel adults, uncomfortable
2: talking to a woman?
7: Well Would I feel uncomfortable? No, mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't. Cause I'm um, because like. I read, I read like me personally. I'm, I'm a male, so I'm gonna grow up and I'm gonna learn a male's perspective. So I always want to see from the other side because okay. you, you, can't see the world through nobody else's eyes. So I'm always interested to you know what someone else is, is okay. feeling or, or they're thinking. Like I'm, I'm a person of like empathy and sympathy. Uh, it, so
2: and I appreciate that. So, response. so, so
3: I have a question. So does that mean on certain things that other person would that be a male's perspective?
2: Um, it could be yes. Okay. And that's honest, and we appreciate that. And and Ruben, what I was trying to... And and the whole reason... I just want to add this in
3: there. The whole reason why I asked Ruben here was that, as you say, our whole panel was women. And I said, if I'm going to bring this young man in, and I'm a feminist from way back, okay? If I'm going to bring young men in that I want to make sure that they feel comfortable having dialogue right. if it's with a man it's with a man if it's with, with a woman it's with right. a woman but I wanted to make sure that it was someone here and you weren't sitting in the room full of women going oh my god these women just they bugging me all <laughs> up in my head whatever you know what I'm saying but I wanted to make sure that it was someone here that, that you could talk to From a man's point of view. And not saying that you have to have a man's point of view. But in case it was needed, I wanted to make sure that that presence was here.
2: And I'm never going to say that I don't agree with Ruben. Well, I don't agree with Ruben. (laughs) People are going to have the position that only men can teach a boy how to be a man. Whatever. Women are going to have the petition, position only a woman can teach a woman how to, a girl how to be a woman. So long as we have these dividers already developed and in place, we're never going to reach a, a pure and true position where we can all share our ideas and learn from one another. Let me be real. I don't know how to stand up and pee. That's not important. Who cares? You're going to learn that by doing. But as long as we keep that division there, I think we're going to always be limited in what we can truly do for ourselves, our kids, and our community. What I want to say to all of y'all out there listening—you've been listening to "For the People," law and plain language. We appreciate you listening, Mister Reuben Jones. I hope and pray he comes back I and will. continues to come I, back. Mo, you are invited back on this show whenever you want to. We have can, to learn how can to I get give out. A, a seconds Yes, you uh, can give a shout I, out to your wife and your baby there in the other room, and your baby's yeah, gorgeous.
8: Thank you so much. Hey, Kay, what's up, Langston? <laughs> But I just want to say, hey, let me just state my position because I don't want to be That's fair. like paraphrase. I'm not making a concrete <laughs> statement about men or women or who can do what. That's yes, not sir. what I'm saying. I understand. I'm saying balance is important. Mm-hmm. These young men need males in their lives. They need that male influence. And we can't discount that because black women have done such a phenomenal job for so long. We've come to accept that to be the rule. And it just because the thing works a certain way doesn't mean that's the way it's supposed to work. That. All I'm saying is bring some balance to the equation, allow these young men the room, the opportunity to get some positive male input and until in their that, development.
2: But until
8: uh, and until that happens then you do the until best. Until enough
2: can. men step up like you to put themselves in that light for these kids to see, let's continue to provide what it is that we have. Absolutely. Right? And so I agree with, with Ruben in that respect and I think that Frontline dads. The idea behind it, the leadership development, mentor. The activities are phenomenal. And Ruben, I'm not going to tell you what I said about you. You got to hear it in the the podcast. Uh, But I made fun of you about being late. I want to thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts. I wasn't late.
8: (laughs) I came from three prior engagements along with Fair a wife enough. and child. Okay. And I still communicate. Okay. You know I was on my Mo, way.
2: baby, this is how you don't come up with excuses. Okay, baby, it is what it is.
8: Mo, Josh, we thank
2: Forget about Mo. The brother's name is Josh. Can He's a very... A a we are going to. Wrapped. We are going oh, to. Man. Um, Josh has 30 seconds to do a little piece and then we uh, have our resident poet who's going to break us down with her piece. And we got some um, small announcements so we're trying to get out of here on time but it's going to be a little over.
7: Uh... Uh, I I ain't really uh, prepare anything, but I'll give you a little something. Just a quick, uh, just a quick something. Yeah. All right, you
2: put the mic by your mic, baby. I mean the mic All by right. your mouth. Okay, you hear me better now?
7: <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. All right. I said. My swag is so official, it hits hit you like a missile. Even though I'm small, sound like a pistol. And best believe, I can make it quick. We could bring it in large, break it down to big and bits. A young spitter, but I'm feeling like the best daddy. Do it for the love of the green. Forget cabbage. I'm a young bastard. I own up to it. Me and A.M., we the movement, so let's drink it straight till you verbally intoxicated. Much as I can hate the world, when I sell myself a pocket change, she love giving me pocket brain. Break like dog that ain't been trained. Me and you both wanna catch the train, but I gotta make it out before I go insane. I'm only and more he teaching, Dawson, six feet tall, little chunky. Uh, I'm different. I ain't like the rest of. You. Uh, I'm speaking my words. Man. Uh, wow,
2: man, I, I don't, I don't want to curse from So the tell air. us what that was about.
7: Um, what was the title? Um, I it was actually a freestyle on the industry song called "I'm All on One." Okay, and uh, basically I was saying how is that,
2: is that Khalid? Oh uh, yeah, that? That's DJ Kyle. I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but he say "F" of on One." Yeah, but I ain't know. <laughs> you this can is internet radio. Baby, internet oh, radio. Oh, so,
7: oh, cause I can run it. But, that but we appreciate it, though. Oh, Thank I, you,
2: I, though, I, I baby. Thank bag, you man. so much, Miss um, Black. You have your piece prepared for us and
3: i'm sorry before we do that a few quick announcements we've been talking about our competition for um
2: and josh you're invited we're we're
3: we're doing we're looking for a theme song right now we use um, jay-z's
2: first song called my first song by jay-z his instrumental piece it's got to be funky smooth and 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 when folk hear the theme song they got to know for the people's coming on right I uh, love this cuz the beat is fresh it's funky yeah, it got attitude so we're asking all we're calling all artists out there somebody who know they got a little bit of skills with some music make us a instrumental theme song
3: but we would, we we would like two versions one with words and one without um, and it has to be original work can't be on nobody else's track got to be yours oh, right definitely. now there are several prizes total prizes are $450 right, so cool. more information to come that's december 29th Serena Soul Brown is on Wednesdays from 3 to 5 on G Town Radio. Serena
2: Soul Brown. Serena?
3: This Saturday, G Town Radio will be at the Battle of Germantown, Saturday, October the 6th, from 10 to 4.
2: The Battle of Germantown is a recreation of the war. Uh-huh. So, those of you who are um, recreation war addicts, be there or be square. Thank you so much. And, Block, you got it, girl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This piece is actually, I fed this piece directly
1: off of the title baby boy where you at because i just thought it was so decent i knew it was deb all the way
3: you didn't think that was me nah?
1: (laughs) (laughs) so when i heard it i said all right i'm just gonna feed off that all right it's called baby boy where you at somehow i failed you i let you slither from my grasp and unite with the confines of the jungle where you made animal alliances and tattooed your soul with the name of your peers, gangsters. Now here I sit in a worried stupor, wondering if it was your action on the action news, blues dancing around my membrane as I soak in truth that I, your weakened mother or absentee father or brother or sister that tried to raise you on my own while still being a child myself, has felled you. Now you've disappeared. Baby boy, where are you? If you were to reappear, I could share with you now what I didn't know then. I need to be a parent and not your friend. That line is infiltrated much too often, and now baby boy is found in a coffin, facing the roof of the sanctuary with bells that are ringing much too late. If I could rewind the hands of time, gangsterism would have never been on your plate. Honor, discipline, and education would have filled your baby's bottle, growing you into a man of honest works. Baby boy wouldn't be lost. He'd be at home in the kitchen table doing homework. Truth hurts, and the time machine wasn't built yet, so I'm going to have to lace up my boots, go find baby boy, and bring him back.
2: Wow. For sure. Mo, you got 15 seconds. What words of wisdom do you offer your brothers and sisters in your age group facing the struggles that you face? Um, What do you say to
7: them? uh, I tell them keep (laughs) our heads up. Uh, 2013, let's graduate. Um... I don't really have any words for the for the people uh, of my generation, but for the people of uh, the pe the people before us, you got let us live. I mean, I understand y'all want help, but y'all still got let us live. I mean, we got learn from our mistakes. We can't learn from y'all mistakes because once again, we didn't see it from y'all eyes. Out of the mouths of babes. Wow. Ruben, wow, you got
2: fifteen seconds, my friend. You reaching out to the young brothers like Mo out there listening to us. What do you have to offer them, my friend?
8: Um, I just want to say that it's important for us to work together. Um, none of us has all the answers. Well, I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to, you know, convict you. I'm here to support you, to encourage you, and to provide whatever guidance or enlightenment that I can. So use us as a tool, use us as a resource, but use us.
2: God bless you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was For the People, Law and playing Language on www.gtownradio.com G-Town the world The sound from Germantown Say bye family we out We out
0: For the people is provided as general legal information. The general legal information is intended to inform consumers is not intended to substitute for specific legal advice as it relates to the listener's specific legal issue. Consumers are cautioned not to rely on the general legal information broadcast on For the People as legal advice. No attorney-client relationship is created, intended, or implied between the consumers of For the People and Deborah Rainey Esquire, the compassionate lawyer, or the law office of Deborah D. Rainey. Please consult with an attorney for your specific legal issue.